Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. If you're listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, welcome. Of course, we're talking about the greatest movies of all time, and we're doing it also on Wobo 1190 and 107.5 FM. I'm Mike Rags. Coming up is uh, Chuck Curry, where we analyze the greatest movies ever made. We got lots to get to as we wrap up the month of uh, July. As we uh, roll along, a couple of new movies hit theaters. Uh, and uh, my AMC Stubbs renews. So I, I actually renewed it where I get to see three movies uh, anytime I want in a month for one price of the month. And we used to remember when we went through this before, Chuck. Well, we'll bring in Chuck Curry here. Chuck, uh, my AMC Stubbs is back. I decided to go ahead and renew it, even though the slate of movies isn't really making me rush to the theaters. I figured I'd help my own my own stock out. How about that? You want it? You want my input, or you want to just uh, interject on your on your own? I'll just shake my head up and down. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, hopefully, it works out, and uh, hopefully, the movies get better that come out. Uh, we're going to talk I'm, about M Night Shyamalan's career a little bit later on. More, more very interesting. Very, it's a really interesting one. It is. Um, it, it actually might be one of the most fascinating Hollywood stories in the last. Uh, couple decades yeah. i think so yeah he's he's had he's had quite a run and i, I no just wonder we'll, we'll talk about this more later but i i'm really interested and we'll never know the answer exactly what makes this man tick and what is it in his head and how much how much um i gotta use the word ability because he's a filmmaker but like his perspective on storytelling is very fascinating yeah not always in a good way no, no, right. That's, that's Not, the issue. That's why yeah. it's so interesting. How somebody could be so on and then so off, and it's the same director. Very Irwin Allenish in a different, I mean, different type filmmaker, but sure, sure. Irwin Allen had the same big up and big down, also. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as his new movie, Old Debuts, this weekend, along with another, you know, we were pining for it, Chuck, another G.I. Joe movie uh snake eyes, is it called? What the hell's the name of it? Yeah. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins. Did we need this movie? Probably not. I mean, I just looked quickly at the box office projections over the weekend. Old is projected to do, uh, we'll finish in the number one spot, do about 17 million in business. It's Snake Eyes, number two, uh, around 15 million. Last week's number one, Space Jam 2, going from a $32 million opening weekend to a $10 million second weekend. These movies are dropping harshly, Mike, which is not normal. Each one of these movies is just dropping almost yeah. like a rock in yeah, weekend we, number two. We talked about it a little bit last week. Let me yeah. ask you a question. I hate to be negative. I hate to. But do these this Delta variants, are they, are they going to hurt? the? Are they going to really hammer the industry if this keeps going? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, oh, I think man, if, we can't afford this. No, we can't. I Either think financially if, or mentally. I mean, it's going to break us. I actually think they're laying it on thicker than normal because they want just want everybody to get vaccinated so we don't have to go through this again. Um, the problem for is the, for those listening, who is they? Because everybody yeah. wants to know, who is they? Yeah, they they is the agenda of the opposite that you think. That's exactly. what they is. OK, yeah. fair. That's a good analogy. I like that. Right. So yep. uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm hoping not um, life returning to normal. Uh as, as much as we possibly can, Chuck. Listen, uh, I, I still say, I hate talking about this, the same thing every week, but if you get vaccinated, you get vaccinated, you live. I don't have, and I don't have much fear anymore. Uh, not that I did overly, but uh, I'm, I feel comfortable doing things. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. And yeah. if you get COVID, you get COVID, but we, we got to move forward. Got to do it. Got to do it. You don't worry about the flu and all those other things that uh, can go wrong for you. Right. And you get vaccinated for that. Why would this be any different um, considering someone from the GOP helped streamline it? And get I mean, it it's done. like it's like football. We know the rules. If you get in the end zone, you score a touchdown. You kick a field goal, you get three points. You get tackled. You get tackled. You get sat. I mean, we, these we, we yep. just tell us the rules and it, and we'll play by the rules. We understand the rules. The rules are uh let them lay it out. This is yep. what it is. I mean, yep. yeah, 
Well, listen, right? the more the more the stories come out that the unvaccinated are the ones getting sick and dying, you'd hope that it would light a fire under those people. But who knows? Uh, you know, there's there was a certain someone that laid fake rules down, a fake news down. But I think everyone. if you go back, if you go back to mass in the industry, in this industry, the movie industry, I, I think you could collapse the industry. Yeah, I, I think don't think so it too. could recover. I don't think it could recover. I think so, I too. There's only one way to go. The, gov- yep. the government's not going to get back in the game of shuttered grants again. I mean, they're no. not going to do this No, because it's already hurt the uh, the job market as it is. They need people back at work. And we wait until September now before businesses can actually start hiring people because it's easier to sit at home and make money than it is to go out. Listen, and I run two ice cream. I, I, you know this. I run two ice cream polos in a smoothie shop. It's hard for me to get employees. Yeah, this is the yeah. hardest it's ever been. I'm yeah. fortunate enough because I have a lot of these. A lot of these kids coming back from college and they believe it or not, they really like me and, and they come back and work in the summer. But when, when they go back to college, getting people, you know, new high school kids for fall and winter is going to be harder. I feel it already. Yeah. Chuck, one of the things I wanted to bring up, we talk about new movies coming out. Obviously, yeah. Jung- Jungle Cruise comes out yeah. next week, too. There's yeah. two movies that I think maybe maybe three, four five years ago that have pretty mainstream stars in it that are getting really small releases. One's called Joe Bell. That's this week with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, and next week you got Stillwater, which stars uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Is this an indication of where the industry's at or where their careers are at? Um, in what respect? Well, I mean, I would think that if you have Mark Wahlberg or Matt Damon above a title. Well, here's the thing. There'd about be a lot Joe more Bell. Here's about Joe Bell. Um. There's a marketing push behind this movie. Yes. It's released on a about 1100 screens. So it's, they don't expect it to play huge mainstream. It's, I mean, it's not like he's doing Transformers 6. God knows why he ever did that franchise. Oh, uh, big paycheck. Yeah. I, I guess he's listening. I guess he's doing something. Labor the love of the art. And that's right. good. That's a really good thing. Now, what Matt Damon's doing, he's done this many a time. Uh, do I think that movie's going to do well? No. Uh, hopefully it'll play in some of the art house theaters. Well, in well, some both. of the, in some of the independent theaters more, I don't think it's going to, it'll probably be booked into multiplexes. Do I think it's going to play well in multiplexes? Probably not. Well, plus you have the director of, uh, of um, spotlight and writer, Tom McCarthy um, doing Stillwater. I mean, there's a, this seems like an October, November release, right? That, that yes, in a normal year. Um, maybe they're doing a favor to the industry because they need the product. Yeah. Well, the Joe Bell is about a father who walks basically across country to help his bullied son, who I guess I like visits that. him after death and all that stuff. Yeah. So and then uh, Stillwater is uh, Matt Damon going overseas to help prove the innocence of his daughter that got accused of murder. So um, very interesting subject matter. Very interesting actors. I just thought it was a little odd that, you know, you get movies like, you know, Snake Eyes 2 getting mass release and then movies like, I, I guess it, well, you I know, it's I mean, more of the what, industry, what, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, the people who go will eat popcorn. But I think part of the problem too, especially with Joe Bell, half the country isn't going to go see that movie. Right. I mean, the, the way this country separated in the yes, subject but, matter. But that- also here's the problem from a psychological point of view, these type of movies are so conditioned now for streaming. Oh, it's character driven. Well, yeah, I watch yeah. that at home. I mean, that we are at we. It's not what it's not like we're getting there. We are there. Yeah, we are there. Now, even let's be honest. Even me and you, no. Yeah, but to certain respect, yeah. Like yes. I am, I am debating whether to go see old in the theaters this week. I get it. I would no? see I, that. I would see in a theater, but I would say this. I do think very quickly. I think the industry is really only going to crank out the 150, 200 million dollar big popcorn movies for theaters. Yeah. The other stuff, I'm telling you, Mike, it's not going to you're, you're not going to sniff it in a, in a multiplex. Well, the interesting thing is what happens around uh, uh, Oscar time. That and, might be different, but yeah. not in the summer. Right. All right, Chuck. Well, we've got all those movies coming out. Did you get a chance to see anything? We talked about uh, um, Space Jam last week and and a couple other movies. I did get to see uh, the movie on uh, Netflix called Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, really? I, yeah. I didn't know that's on Netflix, huh? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I, I saw I, the trailers. What do you think? I like Karen Gillan a lot. Um, she's yeah. good as the lead is here. Good, is she a good lead? She's a good lead. Not much of a storyline here. Who would you um, compare it to in that like in that genre? Who is there? Like, who else could you saw in that role? I could have saw maybe Margot Robbie in that role. I could have saw, you know, any 
any of the young, attractive that can do action kind of thing. She's really good. I mean, yeah. she's always good in Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the and the Jumanji movies. So, yeah, um, she doesn't really add much character to the to the uh, star. Um, but it does have uh, Carla Gugino, who I love. Angela Bassett's really good. Michelle mm-hmm. Yeoh, um, former Bond girl, all doing. Is it is it violent? It's very violent. Okay, it's very so it's rated R. R. Um, right. And it has a good to, it has a good role for Paul Giamatti as well. But again, it's very Tarantino ish. Like you're seeing a lot of the camera stuff and the slow motion. I mean, you're not seeing anything new uh, or inventive here as far as storyline or storytelling. But again, where you see it and how you see it lends a lot to it, has a lot of attractive leads in it as well. And Lena Head Lena Headley is in it as well. So there's a lot of good stuff in it, good enough to recommend if you like. Those bang them up, shoot them up action movies. Um, you'll probably enjoy this, uh, nonetheless. So, I, you know, it's on Netflix. I got a chance to see it, and I like her. Interesting to see where she goes and what kind of career Karen Gillan has because, uh, you know, she's obviously been in big movies, yeah, hasn't I been mean, a star, but but still, that's that's when you get cast in a lead of a genre film, it's good, yeah, yeah, no I, doubt about I, just, it. I want to bounce off something, get your opinion. I was reading a story, right? Okay, Netflix gave their quarterly report, right? So they said that Army of the Dead did really well. Yes. Okay. I think it said it had 75 million people watched. Listen now, this. They already have a they follow watched, up. Army of watched, Thieves. Army of Thieves is coming out too. The, the, here's the follow up for that they, movie. This is what I almost fell down because I, I just don't understand this mindset. They, they watched at least four minutes of it and. Thirty-six percent watched at least two minutes, and when you watch two minutes of Netflix, it's called intentionally watching. <laughs> Hello, like what? Like, can you explain what that means? That's a new term. I can, That's a new fair, term. I got to be honest, Mike. It's insulting. It no? is. It is. What does that even when, uh... mean? If you listen, the hour, the movie is Army of the Dead is two hours and twenty minutes. If you watch two minutes of that movie, you didn't watch the movie. No. No. But yet, yet again, I mean, especially with Netflix, if you leave it on, it's going to turn a movie on for you, too. So a lot of times after two minutes, you don't even know you had a movie on. Um, the one you didn't watch the it. How can, you wa- how can you watch a two hour and 20 minute movie if you only watch the first two minutes? Come on. I don't know. It's absurd. Uh, look, you, he, they don't release their real numbers. You're never going to know what they're doing. They're manipulating everything to make it seem like um, they are making a follow up to it right away. Right. Army of Thieves is coming out. Um, there's yes, a and it for also, that. also he's going to do a, a sequel, direct sequel. So there's going to be a prequel and a sequel. Yeah. So he's going to build this into a franchise. Yeah. Listen, um, well, it's already is a franchise. That's the ironic thing, right? I mean, let's face it. These are the, you know, the dead movies. They're all this, the same uh, genre, basically. Um, we'll see what happens. I, you know, uh, I, di- I did see the news that you texted me about is the casting of Batgirl as, um, you know, without getting too into the weeds, uh, you get the girl from In the Heights being Batgirl, Leslie Grace. I, I actually like the other girl in Into the Heights better than that. A little girl. bit better. Yeah, yeah, I did. I actually loved it. I actually loved uh, the main lead. She's sort of the secondary female yeah. lead in yeah. Into the Heights. But I guess she went in, uh, did a reading. They they loved her and they cast her like like right on the spot. Like, it was like a handful of young actresses that they were looking at aggressively to say, okay, we want to cast. And they, they liked her reading and they, and they, and they cast her. And I, I just, I, I go out on a ledge cause I, I want to openly talk about this. Do you think, and she is Latina. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you think, do you think they're um, casting? I hate, I hate, I hate this conversation, but I do know. You, do, what, what, what do, they, uh, do they, you think, do you think they intentionally want to cast a, yes. a, a, yes. a Latina actress yes. or minority actress in, in this, in these, in some of these roles because of the climate we're in. Yes. I or do. No? I Why? do. Tell them. Okay. Now is that, is that good or bad? Um, I, I, it depends on, you know, it's hard to say it depends what angle you want to take at it. It's yeah. good. If it turns out she does a great job on it, but if and you I'm want sure to say, she will, and I'm sure she will, but, but, it, but, but it, 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 it's sort of like, um, I just it's interesting. The real question is, it's not interesting. We're not then we're not using our mind. Right. The real question is, they're going to be able to sleep at night. Is this did this girl get this role based on merit as as opposed to all the all the other women that tested for the role? She was just better than or did she test just as good as them? And the tiebreaker 
was, well, look, we'll look more woke. I'm okay with that. It, listen, it's their, listen, I, I'm of the, of, I'm always of the mindset. It's the studio's project, right? right? It's their dime, their money. They could do what they want. Like, I mean, it's, they could do what they want. My point is, my point is, is, is this, um, is it the, is it, is it the best viable choice for this movie to do as good as possible as it possibly right. can. Now it's an HBO Max movie. It's an expensive movie. They're gonna throw. They are gonna throw a hundred million dollars plus at this. Yeah, same. Uh, and I do. I, you know, yeah. One of my friends sent me a text and said, "Oh, come on. Do we really want to see a Batgirl movie? Uh, I'd watch it. I don't I'd I, absolutely watch. I it. tend to agree that I don't think I want to see a Batgirl movie without Batman in it. But um, why? I, I just think it's no, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I, I do because I don't I don't want to see Batman in with Batgirl. It's, then you're getting uh, Joel Schumacher ish. Well, you're getting Batman and Robin. I don't want to see Bat- Even I don't even think I want to see Robin in a Batman movie. Question is, will we? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I will say this. She inspires more confidence than when they casted Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. I will oh, say this. Well, heck yeah. You know, uh, but they, and they got that wrong. And, you yeah. know, and they got that wrong for different reasons. And we're not so, listen. We're not saying that this this girl is not no, going to kill probably it in be a role. Great. She'll, she'll probably, probably be great. Be great. I, I just I'm just asking. I'm asking an honest question about this environment. Here's why I agree with that's you. All. That's here's all. why. Yeah. Here's what makes me think that they did it the way we were talking about is because if you look at the casting of the Little Mermaid. Yeah. I mean, again, the Disney movie I saw and who who they cast. I don't know. I know that what direction they wanted to do, but I cannot understand um, how they can justify it. Did they not test any redheaded white women or did they go right out of the gate saying, you know what, we're going to be as woke as possible. I just want to know that. Um, And they just feel like, you know, this gal came in and read it and knocked it out of the park and we're going to go in this direction. I'm cynical, Chuck. I don't think they did it that way. I believe they were looking for something. Yes. And they they said, oh, whoa, she's good. Let's go in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, she might be great as well. But, you know, what did I say to you? Emma Watson was cast perfectly as Belle because she looked like Belle. I mean, that that's the Belle. No, it, it isn't in the flash. Right. Didn't he? In, a Supergirl mm-hmm. is uh, is a Latina actress also. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, but again, the, the not the TV show. Uh, that came out what, a couple, right. A it's a new years. and I like her a lot. She's very good. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting discussion. You know, I want to and, well, and listen cynical. for people. All it is, is a, it's a discussion. It's and a we're fan, just it's, and it's a fan discussion. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be cynical about it, but it's hard not to the way Hollywood pulls things nowadays. You know, it's just it's hard not to believe that they're just going extra woke here and, and going in that direction. So, right. Um, uh, anyway, we talk about M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Uh, career coming up. You got any other? Yeah, I do. I do. I want to discuss this. Did, okay, two two things. This week in movie history, actually yesterday, July twenty third, right? First one, uh, nineteen ninety eight, Saving Private Ryan came out, and and, and you know, in reflection, it, uh, we we all know it didn't win the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, Shakespeare in Love did, right? And in and when you look back, you realize the 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 toxic influence. That Harvey Weinstein had on the industry yep. because he manipulated the voters. He had a lot of them in his back pocket. He had, you know, um, they wanted to work with him. And, and um, a movie that really shouldn't have won the Oscar for Best Picture did. And Saving Private Ryan and Spielberg didn't win. And uh, that was not right. No, it was uh, it was an absolute travesty. Maybe the worst one of all time, actually, in all of movies. Now, uh you know how many people are going uh, to, uh, to their streaming services uh, looking up um, Shakespeare in Love? Very few. No, no, but you know it's funny how you know Hollywood ends up fl- slapping themselves in their own face after you know karma's a bitch, Chuck. And you, when you find out who you voted for and how you got that award to him, of all people, well, shame on you, right? This goes to show you how screwed up Hollywood is that something like this could happen when you've got a, a, a really a basically a scumbag. Uh, getting away with it. Right. So um, it's all on them. But boy, oh, boy, what a great movie. The, and we've talked we have a one of our greatest war movies. For a movie sort of novice, a good trivia question is who who is Ryan? 
Who played Ryan? That's right. Who's Ryan? We and we talked about him earlier, and that's uh, Matt Damon, of course. Yeah. And a um, lot of you know Vin Diesel's in that movie too. People, if you want to see a very is. young Vin Diesel, and, and, and what whatever happened to um, what happened to um, Tom Sizemore? Tom Sizemore at that point in his career, he was pretty well respected. And he's and, really good in that. And movie, he's really man. good he's in the really movie damn, too. Yeah, it's good. As, Tom Hanks is great. Now Tom Hanks, you really could feel like. He's the Jimmy Stewart of our generation, yeah. especially in a movie like that. He just yeah. feels like like he envelops the movie in such a in, in such a morally uh, cool way. It's a good, really good movie. I got one other one. Same day, this uh, J- July 23rd, 1974. And this could be an interesting discussion for the next couple of minutes. Death Wish opens in theaters and hits a nerve. And becomes a really nice box office hit. And uh, it's definitely not a movie for uh, the faint of heart. It's pretty gritty, very violent. The, the, uh, the, the, uh, the attack sequence on the actress Hope Lang is pretty brutal. It's bad. And, and Jeff it's Goldblum hard to watch. played Jeff one Goldblum, of the mothers. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to watch. And Michael Winner a director, was the director of that movie. He, he did an even horrible sequence in Death Wish 2, which... Uh, Got caught down yeah. the size here in the U.S. and overseas. I think it released with an X rating. I mean, I don't know what was in his mind, but that was a pure exploitation movie that really hit a nerve with the mass audience, especially in, in New York when the crime rates were really through the roof. But uh, Charles Bronson, like um, uh, Liam Neeson, like it became like that just catapulted his career in a different direction. Uh, as like a B actioner, yeah. Uh, but but Dash, which really hit a, hit a nerve. It's a good movie. I mean, it is a good movie. It is. It's a very interesting movie. I love Dash with Death with Stray as a. It's one of my favorite all time like B movies. It's insane. But the first one, like it, you know, it, it attracted some critical notices. It was very controversial. Uh, but movies like that, they're not going to gain traction now. Would they end up doing five? Five of them. They did five of them. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I, I like the third one. I told you, I, it's, as a B movie, I love it. I, I like the fourth one too. Kay Lenz, an actress that I liked, was in that one. The fifth one's garbage. They had no money to do it, and they did it anyway. Uh, and he two, was pushing eighty in that two, one too. I mean, right? two, two, two is a weird movie. I mean, it, it just like two is the one like you, you feel like you need a shower after you watch it. Yeah, but it, it was po- it was also popular though, especially when it was in video stores. Now, when they moved him to L.A., right? He, he, yeah, they he, moved him to L.A. Somehow Vincent Gardinia pops up in the second yeah, pops one as up well. In the yeah. second one as well. Um, who does a very good job in the first one, too. He gets killed off in the second yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to believe it's that old, you know, um, it's, I was, it's that old. I also saw 40 years ago, 1981 this week, uh, Blowout came out and might to yeah. some is Brian De Palma's best movie. And, and you could argue you could argue it's it's it. it, it when you could argue that Travolta just feels like an actor in that movie, not a star, not a movie star. Right. And, it, and it's some of his finest work, if not his finest work. That is an excellent movie. Uh, it's a good storyline, really well directed. Brian De Palma, uh, he aped Hitchcock a lot, but he was a damn good filmmaker. And that's a really good movie. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Great ending. It does not pull any punches. It goes for it. And uh, that's De Palma for you. Um, what else do you got? Cause I got one more note I wanted to bring up. That's, you know, goes along the lines of what we were just talking about. Do you have anything else? I do not. Um, I did hear a, uh, long rumored, um, project might be actually coming to fruition here, Chuck with Michael B. Jordan producing a black Superman movie for HBO max. Um, ready to hit screens. Uh, well, it's, it's not actually, Clark Kent. It's not Clark. It's Kent. not Clark Kent. No, right. but it's uh, JJ Abrams pr- produced this company. Yeah. Bad robot. Um, I mean, interesting to say the least. Um, the question is, is this strictly an HBO Max project that we're going to watch there? And are people pining for something like this? Because I have I have feeling I have a feeling something like this gets released. There will be some outrage on. I'll say it the right and people will be upset that this gets done um i don't have a problem with it it's not clock kent see i i have an issue. Hey, listen it goes both if you're gonna do uh if you're gonna do um 
I mean, Bruce Wayne, right? Bruce Wayne is right. not African-American. Right. If you're going to do Shaft, he's, he's not a white guy. I mean, you know. Um, but but at the I, same I'm, token, Batgirl yeah. was not African-American either. I'm, you're I'm, o- I'm, but you're OK with that. I am. Interesting. I am. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, it depends on what I'm, I'm totally cool with this project. Um, but I don't understand. Chuck, and, and, and I understand. I understand. Listen, HBO Max, they got the money. I got right. AT&T money, Mike. Come on. Uh, I brothers. Mean, yeah. It's, so it's... Warner, I mean, they're going to throw big money into getting subscription. And they probably have a 10 year plan here. Like, OK, right. let's throw money at this and produce big budget, high content. And they're trying to be as uh, diverse and creative as is possible. And um, somebody said, let's do it. I'm not familiar with the character. I don't read the con. I'm not familiar yeah. with the character. Yeah, listen, neither am I. I always have it. Listen. You, you could go back to Supergirl uh, when Her- Helen Slater played Sue. And I like Helen Slater, but that movie's terrible, first yes. of all. That movie's terrible. Bad. It's bad. But, but like, I, I don't really necessarily need to s- see Supergirl because, to me, Superman is like Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The savior of mankind. That's the whole idea. I don't need to see his sister. Like, I just don't. It feels goofy. Right. Or right. All that stuff feels goofy. It's almost like I just want to see Batman. I don't really need to see Robin because the more you get, the more you, the more you start uh, unleashing those characters, the, the more watered down and silly the universe does get. Right. Um, and the question is, is how silly is Spider-Verse going to get m- combining all this stuff as well? My, my point is, Chuck. I think Pro- it com- listen, I, I we think produce is- some new material, just produce new material. You know why they don't? Because this, the, 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 the stakes are higher and, 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 and they know if they got a sequel, if they know if they got a, a, a product that's based on material that people are familiar with, it, it, they're more in, in, inclined to get excited about it because they're familiar with it. If it's completely original and they throw $150, $200 million at it, because now, you know, the, the, every year we go on, the more more with inflation or whatever, these projects get more and more expensive. And uh, the risk is high. They, they don't want to spend one hundred fifty million dollars and lay an egg. It's not like in the old days they spent twenty five and lay an egg. You know, right. the stakes are higher. I'm hearing good things about free guy, though. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, hopefully that turns out to be OK. And that comes out in a couple of weeks. I just want new projects with money behind it, with new storyline. I mean, I'm not asking for a lot here, Chuck. Um, it just seems like that they're not trying hard enough. And I get it. Uh, it but let, let me, yeah, here's, a, here's the thing. We could talk about this on another show. There's always been genres, right? You had the Western genre. Then you had the cop, buddy cop genre. And then now you have a superhero genre. And like, there's no end. I mean, real, there's no end in sight, Mike. No. This, is a, this is another 20 years. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so again, they're going to, let me ask you a question. If you had $150 million and somebody said to, to take this money, you have to spend it on a genre. You have to make a movie. You have right. to make a movie. Right. Right. What movie are you going to make? Yeah, you're going right. to make it. You, you know, return you're, on investment. You're yep. going to make a superhero movie. Yeah. You're not going to make uh, the China syndrome. No, you're right. right? You're right. You're right. Although we'll, say, it wouldn't a, cost as much, though. Up and, front. And, un, and, and fortunately, or I say, unfortunately, if you look at the industry, from the eighties to now, we're 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 dug in like a tick in a dog with streaming now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So certain genres, certain movies, even goes back before COVID. We talked about how much we liked the way back with Ben Affleck. I, yeah. That that's not going into a theater now. No. And we're talking about a year and a half later. That was last March. It's not going into a theater. That going that's going straight. That's going straight to HBO Max. You know that. Yeah. It yeah. just is. Well, they're, not gonna like, spend, they're not going to spend the five million dollars or ten million dollars to market it. To well, get it's a just $5 like the two movies. Or, it's just like the two movies I was talking about, Joe Bell yeah. and Stillwater. I mean, it's basically the same thing. A high profile actor yeah. doing doing um, a, a serious character driven drama. And, right, but a high profile actor. But the concept is not high profile. No. And no. you need the you need the concept to sell a movie. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, right, the, Ch- the, the, the days of, oh, Julia Roberts is the star of this movie. Yeah, those uh, days are over. You know, Pretty Pretty Woman, Notting Hill, and the movie's bank on the old. It's the concept that matters now. Is there any is there any actor that 
is is like that now. They're like just put him or her name, attach it to this, and we're. Getting I mean, it more 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 so than others, but but not that many anymore. Right. It's Maybe a the concept. Listen, Guardians of the Galaxy. No matter who played Star Lord, that movie's going to make money, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Jurassic World. If Chris Pratt is not in Jurassic World, it's still going to make money. It's still going to make a lot of money. What would skyscraper? No, that's a little different. But but having there's still a ceiling on that's not a billion dollar worldwide. You know, that's uh that's four or five hundred million worldwide. Right. Yeah. The rock, the rock, the maybe rock the does, rock, the, the rock does help. I don't think he's going to help well, Jungle Cruise, though. I don't I don't feel that that that's going to open too well. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but having the choice of getting it on uh, Disney Plus or going to the theaters, I just don't have the sense that this is uh, going to be a big whopper of a movie okay that, over under 30 million dollar opening i think it's under the, for me i think it's okay under. so if space jam 2 does 31 and a half jungle cruise is less no i'm gonna say it's gonna do you think it's gonna million. be over yeah it'll be a little over yeah maybe you're right i don't know i hope you're right i hope you're right i hope, I hope i'm right i i buy you know i like both leads uh, but this movie was this should have come out over a year and a half ago right because of the covid and it got moved a few times as well so we'll see we'll see we like him, so you know it, we'll see what happens. Uh, Chuck, you got any other movie news? Uh, no, I, I think our conversation so far has been pretty good. No. Okay, uh, let's talk about some Fast Five. <laughs> I'm talk- trying, Mike. I, I, am I doing? How am I doing? Am I You're doing, doing okay? great? You're right, doing thank you, Mike. Keep up the good work. Uh, All right. We'll I, the- I, I'm trying. I'm trying to sell ice cream. I'm trying to sell smoothies, <laughs> I, and, and I'm, I'm doing this amazing spot with you. Thank you very much. Um, we'll talk about M night Shyamalan's uh, career in a, in a bit. Um, but let's talk fast five, Chuck, where I give you five actors, directors, uh, producers, uh, actresses, and, and, uh, you tell me the first movie that comes to mind when they bring up their name, we'll Go start ahead. with one that passed away at the uh, age of 46, way, way, way before. And basically in his prime, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman would have celebrated a birthday. Believe it or not, he would have only been 54 years old this weekend. We lost him. Man, uh, six, seven years ago already. Yeah, it's a bummer. 46, a bummer. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, he did a lot of great character work, but boy, was he a great villain, great villain he, in Mission Impossible. Oh, I was going to say that. Listen, I love one. Here's the thing. I, I'm not, Mission Impossible, the original. I don't like that movie. I think it's it's I don't think it's good. Uh, it's a Brian De Palma movie. I don't like it at all. Um, part two is an interesting misfire, but it is a misfire. That franchise was in big trouble. Part three. They did everything right. They humanized Ethan Hunt. They give him a wife. You feel him a lot more. You can relate to him so much more. And holy smoke, what a villain. He was he was unreal. I boy, it, it sort of sucks yeah. that he never got to play the penguin. He yeah. would have been a great penguin. He would have been a perfect penguin. In a series, in a Chris Nolan Batman movie, holy cow, would he have been good. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I, I watch Twister a lot on on the 65-inch 4K here at the Ice Cream Parlor. He stands out in that movie. He does. He, he Even his his small character in that movie, he he elevates that character. Yeah, he you does. Can, when you, especially when you watch it like daily. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know if you know, I got a compulsive mind. But yeah. anyway. He's he even a small character role. He brings he brings it to the he brings everything he's got. Yeah, you look at him in Boogie Nights too. He's got a small character role in that, and he steals a couple of scenes opposite Mark Wahlberg. He's got a huge crush. And he on won Mark an Oscar Wahlberg. for Capote. Yeah, Capote. He's, he's really that. good. And he, he was is. great. He was great. And he was also he's the he he plays a weasel too. Remember, he was in a scent of a woman. He's the kid that. That uh, tried to frame and, Chris, and, Chris and, O'Donnell, and, and don't forget, he was also uh, he was Robin Williams' roommate in Patch Adams, right? Patch Adams, that's right. Yeah, and he, and, and even in that, he's so good in that movie. He also played Art Howe. Not many people can yes. pull off that kind of performance. Not at a guy all. who who was a statue in the uh, dugout, yes. but yeah, <laughs> he did play. Can Art I just Howe. say one thing real quick? I like Patch Adams. I don't care what the critics uh, say. I, I love. I still love that movie's good. Yeah, I don't care. It's yeah. sentimental. It's I like it a lot. Not a little, a lot. And uh, he, don't forget, he, he was in uh, the, the two um, Hunger Game movies. When yeah. he passed away, he was in two of His them. His career died. was a good one. Good, really good. And only imagine un- how great un- it would have been. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but like a lot of really creative people. Yeah. Yep. You know, he had vices that bit him, that bit him and ultimately killed him. 
And not only was it his, in a hotel room. Yeah. Not only was it his birthday this week, it was Robin Williams birthday yeah, earlier in the week, too. And a I lot know. of tributes going out to what happened to him and all. You that know, stuff. I, I said on my other radio spot of all the celebrity passings that I heard in, in 20 years plus uh, his his hurt the most for me. Yeah, that was a Robin tough Williams. one. That was yeah. a tough one. All right. Let's uh, let's go to people that are living now. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Chuck, is uh, 60 years old this weekend. He's been nominated for three Oscars, but I don't know if any of the Good three actor. Oscars is People what you'll bring Larry up. Flint, I liked a lot. All right. All right. Would yeah, that I mean, be the I, one you I, think I found, of? Listen, I found that character, Larry Flint, a really interesting person. Good, bad, or different. What's in the wall? It's it's a good subject matter for a movie. And, and Woody Harrelson, was, listen, the guy's a terrific actor. He's unbelievable. He's had a great career. And it's hard he's to believe go-to, he's Woody, he's he's Woody boy. He, he's starred. He's co-starred. Yeah. And, uh, even even in the in the, the the last Planet Ace movie, he played a villain. He's terrific. Well, I also thought he was terrific in the other movie he's nominated for. I, I didn't think it was a great movie. It was a good movie. It got overpraised. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, he is fantastic in that movie, and he leaves the movie a little bit too soon. But uh, I thought he was actually every bit as good as uh, as Fran- Francis McDormand was. He's great in the Zombieland movies. He's got a very good character. And what's really interesting, he could do he played, both. He's comedy he, he, and he's he, drama. Right, when he was on Cheers, right? Woody Boyd, I mean, he's yeah. Playing, he, he's unless he was given the chance that he gave, was given in his career, you would never know. Same as Brian Cranston, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, goes from sitcom actor to breaking bad and like, holy smoke, this well, guy's he went great. From, he went from Woody to Natural Born Killers. He was, that was the year after he finished Cheers. He did uh, Natural Born Killers. Yep. And, and that movie was just way, all it, way All it there. takes is one role to redefine who you are. But is it the what's the one for Woody Harrelson? I don't know if we've targeted one. You think of him, Woody Harrelson? No, because I look at him as a character actor. Right. So he's more Gene Hackman than. Well, he's good in everything. He is good in everything. Uh, all right. What about uh, you're not going to just so you're not going to pick one? No. All right. Uh, that's not the nature of the game, but whatever. Let's it's go back right. to another uh, passed away uh, director now, Chuck. Back in the day when Blake Edwards did a movie, his name was above the title. Not many directors could get away with it. He could. Uh, obviously, for me, when I think Blake Edwards, I think of the Pink Panther movies, right? But he yeah. did a lot of really good work. Well, he did 10, right? 10, very good movie. Uh, SOB, I enjoyed uh, yeah. about the movie industry. William Boy, when, you think of him, when you think of him, though, you're hawking back to a different, a different time. Yeah, you do. But mainly, I mean, let's face it. You grew up the same time period I did when there was yeah. a new Pink Panther movie. That was a pretty big deal. It was. Um, but he couldn't get away from it. Right. So you lose Peter Sellers. He what did he Ted Wass? Right. Didn't he do one with he Ted did. Wass? In the, the Pink Panther. He couldn't get and away. And then from I remember they did one where they took old footage. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. And then he then he tried to make stars out of uh, Ted Danson, TV stars out of Ted Danson and John Ritter couple movies with them that didn't work uh but i did like um i did like victor victoria that yeah was i mean victor movie. victoria was good and um mickey and maude i thought was a good movie too that was a uh, dudley moore uh, married to uh, julie andrews and um gave her a nude scene right gave her a nude scene in uh in uh sob that's right so a lot of great work from him uh, and then i sure. think when i saw the nude scene i said hey sob i mean like what the heck's going on here he even cast uh, <laughs> he even cast uh, uh, Die Hard buddy uh, Bruce Willis in the Western with James Garner. Right. Uh, that was Sunset. Right. That was before he got Die Hard year before. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chuck. I think we might have done a whole show on her, but let's bring up Sandra Bullock. Can you venture a guess at how old Sandra Bullock is this weekend? Uh, what is she? She's uh, 53, 57, believe okay. it or not. All right. Um, all right. Sandra Bullock. Is she it still has Annie? a ton of power in the industry. Is it Annie from Speed? Is that the first? I mean, you could all go to Blind Side too, but I mean, it'll always be Annie for me. Annie yeah. made her. Listen, Annie made her a, a megastar in the industry, and that role was supposed to go to uh, Holly Berry, which we talked about this on on the show. Uh, you know, we could do a show on who almost got a role, who didn't. Yeah. But uh, Sandra Bullock um, was just she. She just played. So natural in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I'll give credit to her, her to three later movies. And I the same year she released The Heat and Gravity. I'm a huge fan of both of those movies and both of her performances completely opposite of each other. One's a very comedic role and yeah. one obviously is heavy with gravity. I love both those movies. And I thought she was the backbone to Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, an underseen 9-11 movie with Tom Hanks and uh, a young child actor. And I thought that was a very good movie. She's got a lot of heart in that film too, Chuck. Um, she could, she's another one like Woody Harrelson that can do a lot of different things and, and morph into a lot of different genres. Listen, as, as big a fan as I am, I like the blind side. It's a really nice movie. It is. Uh, it was just one of those years they gave her the Oscar. That was more on a career, right? That was, yeah, just I think like, so. It was her time kind I, of. It wasn't like holy cow, she blew it no. away. It, it's just good. It was a, it was a, it was a perfect storm. Good script, yeah, good perfect yeah. role for her. She was due. You know, she'd done a lot of great work in the end. Everybody likes her, right? She's yeah. very likable. Um, so very no doubt likable. about it. All right, last but not least, um, Jason Statham, who is uh, fifty-four years old this weekend. Always liked him and on the big screen, even way back in. Uh, to a lock stock and two smoking barrels. Way I, back. I always like, I was like, I think I always like the transporter too. When they, when they kidnapped that little girl, that one, I like, I just like that movie a lot. He's even good when he's like in the background for like the Italian job. He's one of the guys with, that was a Mark Wahlberg movie, but he's got some good stuff in there. Um, but to me, when I think of him, look, I don't even know if you've saw it, but he is so funny in the movie spy, which was a Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah. It made some money. He Chuck, just watch his scenes alone. He's hysterical in it. And uh, he's basically mocking himself. His tough he's guy. A good, listen, he's, he's got a great look. He's got a great voice. He's a good talent. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to. He know he knows how to perform in a star vehicle, which is himself. Right. Uh, even the Meg, which is, you know, it's silly material, but he's good in it. He takes it seriously, right? Yeah, he doesn't it screw works. around in it, right? Um, what did you think of his, to that? Uh, he, he now, as far as dramas go, the only one I can really think of was that Homefront movie he made, and I like that movie. With uh, what's Stallone wrote the script to that movie. What's that? Stallone wrote the script to that movie. I believe that's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's uh, opposite James Franco, who's the bad guy, and it's um, and Winona Ryder's in that movie. Winona Ryder. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting project that movie. Yeah, and he's done some other really good stuff, as far as you know, uh, even schlock like Crank. Um, I don't like those movies. I mean, I'm going to tell you why those movies are in bed. I I know I find them sleazy. I don't like them. um, Last but not least, he's in. What do you think of his Shaw character? Uh, He's good. (laughs) I mean, again, it's a huge. These are huge movies. He knows what he's doing. He does know what he's doing. He's carved out an interesting career for himself where he could actually be the star as well. And remember, back in the day, he's he was in Ghost of Mars, right? He was on that movie as Long well. He, he was in a lot of the collateral uh, cellular. He's been in a lot of movies. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, Jason Statham had a quite a long career. He's been he around for, since 1998 when he did the Guy Ritchie lock stock and two double barrels, two smoking barrels. So Jason Statham. Um, is here with us as an action star. Are they ever going to do the Meg two? Is that going to happen? They are. They are. It's, ha- it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, if, Chuck- you took, if you compare him against Seagal and Van Damme bigger. I just more for me, he's more, more longevity, more longevity. Well, he's you know what I like about him that those guys never did was they he they there's some he could, humility he could to easily him. fit into uh, under siege. Right. He could have just could They could have put him right in under siege. He would have did a great job. It's funny you bring that up because um, my daughter and I watched yeah. Sudden Death the other night, right? Yeah. So this is probably the most manageable John Claude Van Damme movie, like the most real of a human actor he played, yeah. a character he played in a movie, um, where I could see Je- definitely Jason Statham taking over this role uh, and doing it. Um, but um, well, uh, he's also very human in the uh, with the one he did with uh, Roseanne Arquette. Yeah, he is. And Time Cop, he has a bit of a he's Time a Cop was his that, biggest hit. You know, yeah. it's interesting because when he did Time Cop, Cop, he broke out and it was it was a nice hit. And then he does Sudden Death and nobody goes to see it. I was like, yeah. what do you do? Like, this movie's really good. If not Where better than people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I love that movie. We enjoyed watching it again, too. Uh, my daughter and I. And uh, there's some the really scene good when stuff. he fights the mascot. Oh, oh, just, there's another fight scene? scene in the kitchen, too. That's done really yeah. well. Um, it's and really Powers, good. 
it's sad you see Powers Booth in and he's no longer with us. He's very good villain yeah. in it. But uh, the kids are good in it, too. I mean, there's the stakes a high in that movie works. And, yeah. Um, and I told you, you know why? Because Peter Hines yeah. directed it. And then that's, you know, as much like and Andrew Davis. Too. And when you have an Andrew Davis or a Peter Hines they're professional directors that know how to make a movie and keep the story going. They're not going to get bogged down in an egomaniac like a, a cigar. No, they, they know how to deliver a good product. They do. Well, let's talk about the director that sometimes knows how to deliver a good product. And sometimes, boy, when he goes off the rails, there is nothing worse than a bad M. Night Shyamalan movie. And there's nothing better at times than a good M. Night Shyamalan movie. And his Chuck, career is front loaded. It is front loaded a bit. There's some, some good stuff later on. But we'll okay. start with the one that got right out of the gate. Now, he did direct a, a little scene movie called um, Wide Awake that came out in 1998. It did star Rosie O'Donnell about a young kid in Catholic school uh, in Philadelphia. Kind of autobiographical. Nobody saw that movie, Chuck. Uh, but he followed it up the very next year. And boy, did it hit a grand slam basically out of the gate. And he got an Oscar nomination for writer for um, uh, basically maybe one of the scariest movies of all time. And that's The Sixth Sense, which... You know, I remember the first time I saw it, Chuck, and the ending, and I was as wowed as most of America was. I agree. Uh, this is what you call, they don't use this term anymore because movies are so front-loaded with marketing campaigns, but this was what you call a sleeper. Yeah. I mean, people people sampled this movie and then word of mouth in an extremely positive way spread like wildfire. It was fortunate enough, Dis Disney's Touchstone, I believe, released this movie. I, I believe, am I, could I? Am I wrong? Maybe I'm I wrong. I think no. I think you're right. I think you're oh, okay. right. Okay. And 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 it and it, and they put money behind the marketing, and uh, Bruce Willis was awesome. It had a really intriguing plot line, and it had you guessing up until the end. And everybody said when this movie was over, uh, when it had a chance to digest it weeks and months later, is this guy the next Spielberg? Yeah, that was right? very. They were saying that. Him. But and remember, he wrote all this, too. So this was all his brainchild. So I know. I agree. Um, and I remember it, it, it seeing was the very well executed. Yeah, it, 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 it was not silly. No, uh, it, it was uh, it was thought provoking. You were hooked. Well, let's face it, too. You, you got a great performance out of Haley Joel Osment. Let, let's Heck yeah, let, let's not, you know, mince one of the words great here. child stars of all time. Right. One of the great child performances so. ever. Yeah, I think and, so. And Tony Collette's really good in it. Really and it's good. funny. Because, um, you know, Bruce Willis, I remember seeing and Bruce Willis attraction. is under Bruce. Listen, Bruce understated. Willis understated and the guy was a good actor. But he I remember seeing the preview for this movie, Chuck, and he had done, you know, he was around. He was kind of meandering in the late 90s after the diehards. He did the Armageddon. That was a big hit. Yeah. But he also did the Jackal Mercury yeah. Rising. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, remember that schlock color of Pulp night? Fiction? No, he did Pulp Fiction. He did do Pulp Fiction, yeah. but I remember seeing the preview for this movie, and I, I just kept thinking. I thought to myself, "What is? It? Well, who wants to? I, another? It's going to be another bomb for this guy, right?" And boy, was I wrong. Uh, now he did follow it up with some bad movies after that, like The Story of Us and The Whole Nine Yards. But it was a nice peak in another otherwise career of Bruce the whole Willis. nine yards actually made money. I don't like it though, but go ahead. Yeah. But I, you know, it's just like, yeah. you look at the, you know, you look at the Mount Rushmore of Bruce Willis roles. This one falls in it. Yes, of course it, it has to, right. You got the diehard. Yeah. It was, and it got Oscar. It got, it got acclaimed. It was acclaimed in this yep. movie. Yep. The sixth sense was highly acclaimed. And then he would follow up the sixth sense and team back up with Bruce Willis again in a movie. You and I both love, and it ends up being the first movie of a trilogy that we never saw coming. Um, but Unbreakable is released. Uh, basically but it was, comic, it was also polarizing. Very polarizing. A basic uh, comic book. And for, for, whatever, for whatever reason, so some of the geeks had a serious issue. I do not. With, with, with you know, the, the way, it, the, the very, very end, when it has a comic book caption. They're like, they freak over it. I was like, okay. It's like, I didn't like it either, but. No big deal to me. It's fine for me. It, it I love take the away movie. from the movie. Listen, I love the movie. I love the script. I love the story idea. I love the score. I love Bruce Willis. I love Sam Jackson. I love that movie. And the kid's really good in it, too. Spencer. And you could Clark, argue yeah. it's a bare bones. You don't realize because it was marketed completely different. It, it's marketed as what happened to those people on the train. Right. Right. OK. Well, and it, the remember, studio has no idea how to market this movie. But really what it is, it's it's a Superman origin. Yes. Modern day superhero origin story. Yes. It, it, I mean, and you don't really know it until people tell you that's what it is. That's I how think, clever it is. I think what the the producers got 
they got geek happy with M. Night Shyamalan and the twist ending for The Sixth Sense. And so they market it as the next M. Night Shyamalan movie. And yes. you got to go see it because he directed it and you never know how it's going to end and all these kind of things. Agreed. And he ended up he ended up getting this label attached to him, which he would actually exploit and, and really almost ruin his career about. And we'll get to that in a little bit. So I think that was part of the problem with the producers. They had this hot director who tricked the audience. We got him back and he's making a, obviously a labor of love comic book movie. But I also think he liked doing that, too, though. That yeah. was that that was his forte is a twist. It and is that's what ultimately hurts him. He does. And it won't I mean, hurt him you until can only do you can only do. I mean, you can only do so many two hour movies that are Twilight Zone episodes. Exactly. And before exactly. it bites you. Although his next one was a good Twilight Zone episode and a great horror movie. And that's Signs with okay. Mel Gibson. I got I, let me let's talk about this. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I think do, I, I do two really most... good performances. And I, I was never as scared in a movie theater as when the alien walks across the screen and Joaquin, Joaquin oh. Phoenix is watching it on TV. Now, I mean, that is pretty a, good imagery. A couple things. When you're watching this movie, hawking back to when you're watching it in the theater. You 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 watching it because you, you know the M Night Shyamalan blueprints on it now, right? right? Okay, so that plays into effect, right? So I remember watching this movie, and I dug the first three three quarters of this movie, but you could start to see some of the silliness seep through. Almost the-, the same, almost the same stuff is when Irwin Allen started to direct. I'm serious, like. Some silly, there's some silliness in the, in the last act of signs that like the rubber band starting to stretch, right? It's starting to yeah, stretch. I didn't it's feel called, it. It's called I didn't a feel plausibility it. rubber band. Is, is I didn't how, feel it. No. I did. I did. And, I like- and, and even, even, even Mike, Mike, swing and miss. Swing away. Like, swing swing away. away. Okay. Yeah. So you can, if you're going to, if you're going to mock like it, get that. it right. Now that's I, good. I, I want to like it, but it starts to get silly here. Well, I mean, it's but got it, some but, religious but overtones to it. With and the, I'm fine with that. And that's what I that. liked about it. I mean, I, and the kids and are I really love, good listen, in it. He cast beautifully. I mean, Mel Gibson is awesome in this movie. So is Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Uh, and, everybody's and very young good. Abigail Breslin is good as the young and, girl in it. And, uh, uh, and, and, and some and, set. And, and Macaulay Culkin's Rory Culkin's got asthma. Rory, there's some really and, good. There's some really good set pieces here. I too. agree, hundred percent. I didn't. But it starts to get a little silly at the end. Now the rubber band starting to stretch a little. I will tell you, which leads me into the future of M. Night. Well, and And it it ain't good. No, it's not. Um, And it's the very next movie where not only does the rubber band stretch, it freaking snaps. And the village is uh, one of the worst movie experiences I've ever had. Here's the thing. The payoff. I'm I'm fine with the payoff. No, the payoff's awful. The payoff's awful. Here's what it is. Here's he set up the payoff first. And then he wrote was, a script ahead right. of it. He and made a movie. You can't he do made, that. He made a movie to say, "I'm the king of payoffs." That's right. right. I'm the king of the twist. Yes. This is where he gets starts to get bit. But also, this is where uh, I would love to know exactly what is his, what is in his mind at that at this point. Like, does he under, Does he understand? Like, Erwin Allen did not understand when you bring in uh, when you. When you when you bring in uh, uh, Slim Pickens to play a character called Tex on the Poseidon and Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, it's the first time we mentioned this movie in three weeks. Like I know it's ridiculous, you know it's, but he doesn't. I'm just saying he does not. Okay? Well, nobody's he telling doesn't. him it's ridiculous. That's part of the problem. Now, does M does M Night know? Does M Night know he stretched a rubber band and broke it? Does he I, know I, it? I don't know. I think he knows after the fact. I think when uh, they're making he? it. Maybe, maybe oh, not. Yeah. Well, let's face it. After this, he yeah. falls off the cliff here. We'll get that in a bit. But yeah. plus, it's poorly cast. I mean, Adrian Brody and even Joaquin Phoenix. The it's only bright Weaver. spot of the movie is Bryce Dallas Howard. Very early, young in her career. She's yeah. really good. And Judy Greer's got a nice role. But Chuck, it's I a mean, half. Listen, the movie is a half hour Twilight Zone episode. That's it, what it, it is. And it's stretched out into over two hours. I of- wonder how much he loved Rod Serling. He had to. Oh, no? he had to. Absolutely. Yeah. But but. Uh, I'm sorry. The payoff for me, I almost walked out and okay. there was still about 25 minutes. Well, left in the to movie. me, it's like, let's get to the payoff. Let's get to the payoff. And, let's get to the payoff. And and the it's most interesting character, Joaquin there. Phoenix, what they kill him off right uh, an hour into the movie. He's not around. I just boy, this to me, you know how we felt after we saw the follow up to to his uh, recent movie split. This yeah, is how I nice. felt after I saw the village. I was like, who does this guy think he is? trying to get away with this crap 
And that's exactly how I felt after the village. And that was way back in 2004. Um, then Lady in the Water, which, you know, whenever he de delves into science fiction or fantasy, he, you know, I got to be honest he, with he you, Chuck, brings, I shut brings, this movie he off. He brings her back. It brings Bryce Dallas Howard. We got yeah. Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Um, but I shut it off. I, I'm like, I yeah. can't. I, it's, a dis it's just disappointing as hell. And then a movie you and I both left our, we were shaking our heads when we left this movie theater, The Happening. Well, this is where it completely uh, craps the bed, right? And his to career, me, is you can't make career, a movie called The career, Happening and not know career, what's what's happening. His his respectability is now hemorrhaging all over the place, right? I, I remember sitting there first ten minutes. I was like, oh, this is interesting, and then it's not. And then and then he's got characters running away from the wind, and like, yeah. I mean, come on, this is like ridiculous. I mean, yeah. the movie's ridiculous. And, and and no movie is good when Mark Wahlberg's just staring off into the. And then distance. you're sitting there in a theater and saying, "How how could this be? How could this is this is this the same human being who did the Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and even Sight? Is this the same? Is this this can't be that person, right? Uh, it's absolute mess. And it was he it was inspired that he casted Zoe you know Deschanel. I, I was I really happy. That he, I'm sorry, I'm speaking. Okay. I was ahead. happy that he spoke that he casted Zoe Deschanel in, in a lead. She's okay. always good. Yes. And she does nothing in this movie. John Leguizamo does nothing in this movie. Nobody does. Nothing's happening in the happening. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Nothing happens. Okay. And so who's the bad guy? The, 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 the wind, the bees, the birds. Who, who's the bad guy here? Something like that. Nature, right? We screwed yeah. nature. Again, yes. he wrote and Mark an Wahlberg is woefully miscast, right? Yeah. He terrible. just is. Ter and okay. he, uh, he wrote an ending and then the script ahead of it. And he he just is working backwards. It doesn't make any you're, sense. And you ruined my train of thought by scolding me. Well, I was speaking and you tried to cut me off. I'm sorry. What I was going to say, I don't remember, but I'm trying to think of what, what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, uh, you want to move I, on? We're, no, we're, no, no, no. We're at a point now after the happening where you say to yourself, Okay, no, no, no. The analogy I was going to try to make, we're both sports fans, right? And it's like it's like Matt Harvey, right? Right. M. Night Shalomon is like like Matt Harvey is sort of like I it's it's painful to watch somebody who's did good things and was so promising sink into an abyss of amateurish. Yeah. Is, did work here is amateurish. Well, think about it. He does the village, lady in yeah. the water, the happening, then the last airbender, which was a disaster. And then After Earth, which can't even make well, Will he, Smith he, does, he does After Earth because what he's trying to do is he's just trying to do a paint by numbers studio movie with a big star to, to just breathe, to breathe and get a paycheck. Right. That's get all back in the good and get back in the good graces. of That's the all he's too. doing. Yeah. That's all he's doing. And this movie's a disaster, too. I mean, it's a woefully written, underwritten. Um, his son's fine in it. But Will Smith does nothing for me in this film. Um I will give him some credit. He did executive produce Wayward Pines, which was a big hit TV series as well. And I'll give him another credit. He makes a, a, a modest comeback in 2015, Chuck, with a movie called The Visit, which has a cult following. It is a good horror movie about two young kids who go visit their grandmother, maybe, but ends up she might be a psychopath and it's not really the kid's grandma. This is a good little horror movie that kind of harkens back to what he can do well. You know, yeah, I agree with that. Low expectations. Nobody yes. in the cast. I can make a good movie. You watch. And he did get a lot of recognition for kind of yeah. getting back in the game. It's more self-contained. Right. Right. It, and it's simpler. It's not a complicated. And it, and, and, oh, my and, and, God. And, and I'm sure he was end. advised that's the road, route to go in. Now. Let's talk about his next project, because I remember seeing the previews for this movie about a split personality. And I thought, oh, this could be an interesting film. Yeah, we'll have a, you'll you'll have a great character, a great character actor in James McAvoy in a horror movie. Let me see what this is all about um, for about an hour and 45 minutes. Just like me, Chuck, you're sitting through. I'm like, this is interesting. Um, it's decent stuff. M. Night Shyamalan top of his game. He's got some interesting characters and some good horror scenes. All right. It's a passable little thriller. Good follow up to the visit. OK, and then much like he did with the sixth sense, he punches you right in the gut in the final basically frames of the movie. And you're like, holy crap. And it was this guy genius. just made it, a sequel. It, it, was oh, it was genius. It was genius. The movie's good. It's not great. It's not great. It's good. That ending. It's a it's one of those as a movie. I stood up yeah. in the theater like with a. I was like, oh, my God, this felt like. Uh, 
Like it was my my it was movie. as good as I felt in a movie theater in quite some time. I agree. Yeah, it was and, awesome. And I was I was audibly saying, "Oh my god, I can't believe he did this!" Holy right. crap! And the twenty five year olds next to you were like, "What is this guy?" Crazy? That's exactly what, what happened, Chuck. They're like, "What? Yeah. What? What? What is this?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't know, do you?" And and that's part of the genius behind it. And yeah, not only great. that, Chuck, but the way we live in a society now in 2016, not much different five years ago, there was, I got no buzz on this. There was nothing on Twitter. That's, I mean, maybe I just missed it, but I yeah. did. This should have been leaked where you're going to, you know, I didn't, not be I didn't loud. know. I didn't know. And it's almost like you're never going to have that feeling again because it just, we're overexposed to information, how this one slipped through I, the cracks. I agree. Um, it's just beyond belief. And I, and I don't think it would now. No. And then, you know, I, did he pitch it as, I'm making a sequel to Unbreakable, and here's to, did he do it like that? I don't or, know. Or did he tag it at the end, saying, "You know what? This he might be an origin it. movie." He might have tagged it. Yeah, um, it's just incredible it's, stuff. It doesn't matter though; it's still good. And then he turns around and ruins it all in 2019 when he makes the third part of the Unbreakable series. And you and I just scratch our heads when I think we did it as recently as last week, saying, "How could he go down this road with these characters?" And then just totally lambaste the audience. Now, here's the thing. I don't I don't think the movie it's not incompetently made. It's not. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. It, I mean, it's intri- a lot of its running time. It's intriguing. But ultimately, it's the biggest middle finger I've ever seen in an audience ever. It's insulting. It is insulting. And he, he this is like multiple times. He's done it to the audience, too, Chuck, where he's just it's almost like you're and insignificant. You have, to, you have to wonder you know what it would be like? It would be like uh, it would be like if Spielberg came back and directed Jaws two, and Brody gets eaten by the shark in the, in, the, in the first twenty minutes, right? I mean, well, yeah, it, but, it, but we know that would never happen, right? Well, Spielberg would never do that. Didn't that happen in four the Revenge though? <laughs> Although Spielberg did not do that, um, they did kill off Brody in in four it, off screen. Oh, so off he's, screen, off screen. Yeah, he's um, dead. You're right, though. I mean, this is as if uh, but that's it's still pretty pathetic to do that, though. But OK, I just don't understand how nobody stops them. Right. Nobody like Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis say, hey, this is good. But a lot of people have been in the business long enough to know, dude, you can't do like you can't pull this off with these characters. And David have, Dunn is too good a character for that to happen. To abs, abs, that's my point. That's my point. Um, and not I only agree. that, dude, what are you killing off your meal ticket? Maybe you can make more movies. I it, right. Maybe there's a there's, but you, here. Here's the thing in wrapping this up. He saw this material and a vision completely different than ninety nine point nine percent of the audience that's watching it and wants something different. Yeah. And and that's why I, I say he he um, I don't want to say I don't know what's in his mind. I, I don't know what was in Erwin Allen's mind, uh, but clearly they they had no ability to read their audience here. No doubt about it. Right? Um, and the, by the way, I don't know if I said the name of the movie. Is how, could the, how could the producer of the Poseidon Adventure and the towering? Well, let's just say, how could the producer of the Poseidon Adventure make beyond the Poseidon Adventure? Yeah, but, you know, how? the difference with Irwin Allen, though, is he tapped into the audience. Right. I mean, he, most most critics did not get behind his movies and say, oh, my God, well, they did. They did. The, they did. The Poseidon Adventure, maybe. Yes. And, and the Italian friend was nominated for best picture. It was. Name. But most critics were like, I oh, he's a good movie. It was a real. Those were great movies. Those I understand great movies. that. But there was a, a certain amount of schlock to those movies. Let's face it. Right. We love them. They're part of our lexicon of, of films that we love. But let's face it. All star cast peril. Stupid storylines and love stories on the side. I mean, there's a lot of schlock in these movies, but it just happened to fit into a genre that we loved. So there was some cracks in the armor where he was just running out of ideas. Well, who, what can we do next? I don't know. Bees. All right. What about next? I don't know. There's a treasure in the boat. We'll do it a sequel. Uh, what next? Uh, I don't know. An, an eruption on a volcano at a resort. I mean, so he was running out of ideas and interesting ways to tell the story where M. Night Shyamalan, he can create new ideas and tell interesting stories. You know, Irwin Allen but, was but, jammed but, into but, a genre. But, but the, yes, but theoretically, it still comes down to stretching the rubber band of implausibility. No doubt about and they it. Bo- they both stretched and broke that rubber band to such an extent that it was hard to believe. And it's interesting because um, his new movie, Old, is is getting mixed reviews again. I've yes. heard some the great people stuff. people who like it really like it. And yep. the people who- the people who don't say the same thing we're saying yeah. about his ladder that yep. it's just, it's, it stretches the rubber band of, of plausibility. It's silly. Yep. 
And his TV series on Apple Plus that he created is decent, called Servant, um, which uh, has some interesting characters in it. I've watched a, a season and a half of it. Um, so got a lot of style, much like he does. It's very slow moving. It's about a nanny who could be part of a cult that kidnaps a kid. I mean, it's some interesting stuff to it. Good storyline. It just drags way too much. I mean, you think some of his movies drag for two hours. Uh, some of these episodes, which are only 35 to 40 minutes, you're like, come on, let's move on with the storyline here. Very stylized. And he's got an awful lot of talent, Chuck. It's just I want I think what he needs personally is someone to say, great but we're going to do this instead. Love the idea, but let's try this angle instead and, and just reel him in a little bit. Um, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Let's face it. All the movies we went through, he still only made maybe th- three and a I half. I agree, good but movies. you know, it's interesting. If you're a baseball fan, you know, the name Matt Harvey, let's be honest. Matt Harvey is, is never going to be the MVP in a world series. No, it's not going to happen. Right. No, but M Knight might hit. He Maybe, might get lucky, but again. it's it's not easy. It's, it's not easy to recapture it. It's just well, not. It goes to show you how how hard it is in this business. But to- on the same token, it's hard to believe that a guy like jo- Joseph Sargent could do the taking of Pelham one two three in nineteen seventy three, and then do Joys of Revenge. Yeah, right. I yep. mean, that's the same guy. One is one is great, and the other is god awful. And like the difference how is, is though, it possible? The difference is, and more accountability on M Knight. Is these are all his projects, right? These are yeah. all his imagination. Yes, coming I to agree. So Joe Sargent's picking up scripts. And they, but I'll ultimately, do this ultimately, in the annals of Hollywood, decades from now, he's one heck of an interesting story. He is, and it continues. So we'll see what happens. Yes, in his next step. All right, Chuck. It's a, good, it's a good conversation. Very much so. Very much so. Interesting career, to say the least. All right, we'll do this all over again, my friend, next week. Uh, thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. and stuff. M. Night Shyamalan top, top of his game. He's got some interesting characters and some good horror scenes. All right. Podcasts by Federated Media.